three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff! Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on all things branding and digital marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of brands with award-winning identities and websites. Join our hosts Ramon and Jorge as they use decades of combined experience to tackle topics with past clients, industry partners, and the rest of the PD crew. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode of Mission Control. Welcome to Mission Control, where we respect the grind and reclaim the American dream. I'm your host, Ramon Peralta from Peralta Design, and we launch brands. I'm very excited today. We have a very special guest. He's my GNMS DC MBEIC co-chair, and we'll get into what all that means later. He's the leader of a premier minority-owned global staffing agency that services clients all over the world. Please join me welcoming the Panther Group CEO, Sion Cogdell. Thank you, Ramon. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Welcome. Welcome, man. This is, this is a true honor to, to have you. And, and I'm going to get this out of the way right up front. You know, you would have made a heck of an alpha man. I just want to... <laughs> I just want to tell you that. <laughs> oh, Omega was my calling. No, Omega was my call. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. We're black and gold. You're the purple and gold. So oh, yes, 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 but, yes. Uh, Pan hell is all good, right? It's all good. We're all trying yes. to do the same thing. Yes, you indeed. Know, we're, we're all marching towards the light and trying to help others. So I, I'm really glad to have you on here. Let's tell us your backstory, man. Tell us, you know, how you came to be, your background. You can go as far back as you want, but. We really want to get down to who Sion is, and I want you to cover where that pronunciation comes from as well. Okay, okay. Well, first of all, it's a tremendous honor to be here, Ramon. Um, I think you're doing great things, and the guests that you've had on in the past, um, I'm honored to be a, a part of that list. Um, as for the name, you know, Sion Cogdell, uh, my name and pr- pronunciation come from my dad, uh, originally from North Carolina. Um, he was a big Errol Flynn fan, you know, swashbuckler movie movie star. Errol Flynn actually had a son named Sean, who was a photojournalist. Actually, was killed during the Vietnam War as he was filming. Uh, but my dad would argue that the phonetic pronunciation of S E A N, which is how you spell my name, uh, is Sion. And at dinner parties, my mom would tell me stories about him actually arguing with folks. So, uh, you know, I've had difficulty with, with it all my life. Yeah, yeah, really funny. He was quite, quite the character. Um, but um, I've had difficulty with all my life. And, and what, when I meet people, um, I tell them it's pronounced like Leon with an S. Sion. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's the backstory on the name. Now, what about the backstory on the man? Well, yeah, you know, uh, born and raised in Connecticut, um, educated in Connecticut, uh, moved into New York City probably early 20s, mm-hmm. uh, began my professional career really down there, attended grad school uh, down there, um, did the whole CPA firm, large multinational corporation route, uh, did a number of years working with not-for-profit agencies uh, in the Bronx, some of the most rewarding work I've done, um, some, some work with the governmental agencies. My, my background primarily is uh, accounting and finance, uh, then moved, delved into operations, um, a little bit about me. Yeah. And what about as a kid? What did you what what did you discover you had a gift for math and that's how you got into accounting? You know, it's funny. Um, 
no, no. I, I actually, you know, you're the artistic or academic, as as the saying goes, right? I, I actually think I'm a little bit more artistic, but I'm but I'm going to I'm in uh, my undergraduate degree is from Central Connecticut State University, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting in. Uh, a, it was a uh, ballroom for the placement exams, you know, ma- uh, mathematics and and English, um, and a the paperwork went around to select your major. I, I was an un, undeclared major at the time. And I said, well, you know, I want to make money. You know, the goal was making as, as much money as you can, as fast as you can. And I said, okay, so I went to the business category, business degrees, and the first degree was accounting, A4 accounting. So I checked accounting. And I remember going home and talking to my mom. I said, mom, I, you know, I selected accounting as a major. She said, you as an accountant, right? She, she couldn't even believe it. <laughs> well, Ramon, really one of the best decisions I could have made um, just to help me with with structure and organization and discipline um, with business throughout my business career. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, was budgeting and financial literacy kind of stressed in the home when you were growing up that you kind of yeah, to a, you know, to, 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 I would say a rather large extent, you know, um, again, a struggling a black yeah. family, yeah. Um, you know, parents working single mom, you know, working to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad passed away a year after I turned a week after I turned 16, excuse me. Oh, wow. um, so, you know, it was tough for us household of seven, um, but we we're extremely close. Um, I never felt I, I really wanted anything. I think my mom did a tremendous job uh, managing the household finances, you know, after my dad uh, passed away. Um, but yeah, maybe innately or through the experiences I had uh, growing up, uh, finances and budgeting was very important. Cash flow, yeah. you know, very important. All concepts that 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 I utilize today. Right. No, absolutely. And and was was college always there as a goal, or you know, in your family? Yeah. So that was really the logical next step. My mom was actually um, enrolled, and she's originally from South Carolina, okay. so South Carolina State. Um, college it was at the time mm-hmm. um, going into the teaching profession um, actually got pregnant though the summer between after her senior year going into her uh, freshman year in college and at those times decided to to um, have a child and start a family as opposed to going to college but always instilled it in all of us yeah oh that's that's awesome um, and I, yeah, I I wonder the same thing as being the oldest of five yeah I, I always wonder how how my parents did it and and i think what drives me is, is just knowing that we you know not to squander the sacrifices you know that they, exactly they made and yes i can tell that and giving back the, the work you did in the bronx right sounds like ramon extremely rewarding so we provided housing for individuals with mental retardation and challenges um but also mentally ill chemical abusers we would go into the new york city homeless shelter a system and provided housing and services for individuals. So we built a number of sing- SRO, single room op- occupancy buildings mm-hmm. um, that house uh, 40, 50, and 40 um, units or individuals. So we're able to provide housing and services for a number of these individuals, mm-hmm. um, jobs, job placement training, um, a number of services. Very, very re- rewarding part mm-hmm. of my life. That's, I mean, it's a ministry, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how did you pivot from that towards total technical services? Like, when, when did the entrepreneur bug hit? It, so, so probably was always there, you know, but you're afraid yeah. to take the leap, put your toe yeah. in the water and that sort of thing. So I've had a number of ventures over the years. I've owned a coffee shop in the past. Um, I've had a nightclub, um, a small technology firm, and they were all successful. Actually, a, a few of them I, I did sell. Um, but 
the, the shift really came to me with, well, going into the not-for-profit, I was working at a, a CPA firm down on Wall Street, and they were a, an audit client. And the manager responsible for that job was out on vacation, and the managing partner on that client uh, asked me to fill in for him. So I was there for a week. Ramon, the, the executive director, was uh, an Omega man, had no idea. So the, the automatic connection, right, the immediate connection. Um, just became friends, um, you know, fraternal, but also very close friends. Um, he was one of the mentors, instrumental in my life. Um, I met him at, I was probably 26 years old when we first met. Um, he recently passed away, July July of this past year, um, 80 years old, just natural causes, just, 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 just the age. But um, a, a tremendous force and inspiration and a factor in my life professionally. Um, so remain friends. He actually convinced me or um, sold me on working at the agency in the Bronx. He was the executive executive director of the agency. And again, I, my pursuit was making as much money as I could as quickly as I could. But just the the feel of the place, the interaction with the individuals, it, it is a higher calling. And it's, it, it, again, so rewarding. Nothing like I, I have experienced professionally um, that is personally rewarding. Um, for, but from there, um, so <clears throat> worked at that a, a number of years, um, actually slotted to become the executive director there. And his, he has, has a daughter who had no interest in the business at the time. She's several years younger than I am, but then gained an interest in the business so that was his succession plan which i understood you know i i got it um then i opted to go back to graduate school i was just a cpa at the time an undergraduate degree in accounting and a cpa let me go back to grad school kind of figure all this out um finish the graduate degree and then went on to um corporate america really really had a pretty good trajectory uh with corporations but then that wasn't fulfilling, you know, coming from human services, very fulfilling into corporate America where, you know, shareholder uh, maximization was the, the goal there, right? Maximize profits. So you maximize um, shareholder benefits. Um, and, and that's not really affecting a life in a positive way. So I said, I, I really think I need to do more. At that time, my predecessor who was a college buddy of mine, um, was working at a staffing agency in Boston. And I remember the phone call. He said uh, he had he was a recruiter and wanted to get into sales. And his manager or the manager of the sales area said to him, a black man could never sell in Boston. And he did not even consider him consider him for a sales uh, position at that point in time. He was steaming, needless to say, um, immediately quit and opened up TTS. My role at that point was, you know, with my accounting and, and corporate background, I helped them with the entire back office, the infrastructure, the accounting, finance, uh, <clears throat> computer systems, all this technology, uh, linked him up with funding sources and that sort of thing, because he was more of a salesman, right? He would get out and sell. Th- worked with him really through probably f- first 15 years of the Panther Group. He then, unfortunately, uh, several years ago, contracted uh, glioblastoma. So I, I'm sort of moving on. Yeah, terminal brain cancer and passed away. Um, at that point, we acquired Panther Group from him when he was diagnosed with uh, glioblastoma. He uh, attempted to sell. He wanted to sell the business um, prior to passing away. Um, had a buyer, a fell through. And I really wasn't interested in the, in the operation at that point in time, to be honest. Um, the buy, had a buyer, fell through. And um, he called me. He said, look, you know, 
fell through, you know, any interest at all. And I said, you know, I knew a lot of the players, a uh, number of the staff that, that had worked with them. And I had become very close with a number of them. Um, my partner, Tim, now um, very close with him. I'd known him 20 years prior to, to working with him, um, <clears throat> put together an offer for him and acquired Panther. So I've been a chief executive officer since uh, uh, March of 2016. Yeah, that, that was uh, an amazing story there because I'm, I'm really fascinated with brand evolution and, and um, scaling and growing. And it just is really a, uh, a testament to that no two, uh, no two processes or no two paths are exactly the same. Because mm -hmm. There was a unique set of circumstances there. You were already familiar with the back end and um, and you find yourself in a position to, to acquire the company. And I think it probably meant a, a whole lot to your partner to know that what he had built was going into your hands. It truly did. And that's, that's an excellent point. Um, a lot of people don't realize that we were close. He was actually, so freshman year in college, I was dropped off by my mom and girlfriend at the time and, um, you know, went to the lunch, had some placement exams when I selected accounting and my mom couldn't believe <laughs> that evening we go to dinner. The morning I wake up, we had some more seminars that morning, breakfast, had lunch. I'm going back to the dorm. I hear Shalimar blasting out of a dorm. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, <laughs> make, make that move. Make that move okay. right now, baby. Make that move. All <laughs> that's right, it. Now, that's it. That yeah, is it's not it. a singer, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sounded pretty good to me. That's it. That's it. I went in and introduced myself, and uh -huh. we've, been friends, we've been friends ever since. So my freshman year in college and his his sophomore year, yeah, been friends ever since. So he's the first person I met on campus, very close. I'm the godfather to his daughter. Wow. Um, I know his wife very well when they met, um, you know, in his wedding. Um, yeah, I think he was very happy that his legacy was continued. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. I mean, he, he, you know, your brothers, you know, in effect, it's in the family. It remained in the family. Indeed. Um, now it's in 1994. You you went from you went from IT into accounting and then clerical. So it, it was like it seems like a period where more verticals were were brought in. And my question that I think a lot of our audience would would, would get a lot out of is: Was it customer demand, or or did you guys strategically see opportunities in certain verticals and, and you decided to go into it? So actually both. So the expansion into IT accounting and clerical services um, was just for that reason, existing client demand. Okay. Um, we were performing well with our clients, um, we think, over the, over the years, but then they began to query us to, to see if we provided temp labor in other areas uh, outside of engineering, because that was our start in engineering. Mm -hmm. um, we ran with the opportunity. You know, we started small. Uh, we were very aggressive, though, in trying to meet our clients' needs and the quality of our temp labor. Um, we hired additional internal resources um, and saw modest but solid growth year over year. Um, from there, we saw the opportunity to penetrate additional verticals. Um, we were performing well in engineering, accounting, finance, and clerical. Uh, but saw more opportunity to grow IT. Um, additionally, we saw opportunity to grow in industries that we hadn't penetrated in healthcare, pharmaceuticals, life sciences, academia, and the federal government. Um, <clears throat> we added business development to our operating model. Prior to that, we just had recruiters and client relationship managers. Our recruiters would recruit for our talent. Our client relationship managers would manage the existing relationships, but nobody sell them. So now we added biz dev to our operating model um, to really try to get out and sell um, and grow the business. I would say the driving force um, 
really assisting our growth and helping us to strategically focus was um, the competitive intelligence we began to gather um, and determine that it was a lot of opportunity to grow within certain geographic markets that we had already penetrated because we, we would put a brick and mortar wherever we, a, a, a large client existed, generally in major cities, in Dallas, in Atlanta. We were in Baltimore, um, uh, out in Los Angeles, California. We were up in uh, Sacramento. Uh, we were in Chicago, just in uh, the, the, uh, DC. We're in Baltimore and DC. There was that, that much business there where we tried to attack the federal government uh, uh, contracts. Um, and, and that really helped us. We formalized our business strategy and goals. Um, and it, objectives after that with, with our focus, our new strategic focus, and just went after it. Yeah, we went after it. Now, putting those brick and mortars, I mean, especially now uh, during this climate, did you, do you feel that um, that was more for, to better serve, service the clients, or was it to show the competition that you guys were in town, or, uh, you yeah. know? Great question, great question. Uh, the primary purpose was to service the client. <clears throat> it was, and, and, and pre-COVID, Right. Even 2019, a lot of clients required a lot of FaceTime. Okay. Right? They, 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 they couldn't see where you can work from anywhere, where you can yeah. do it remotely. Ramon, we have been pushing that for years, mm -hmm. um, pushing it for years. So probably the last three to four years, our model has been we've contracted a lot. We don't have the brick and mortars. Lease costs are down, meaning profits are up. Right. We've been able to control our costs in that way still with being able to service our clients wherever they are. We fly out, we see them. And if you provide, we found that if you provide a certain level of service, then they're okay, right? Mm -hmm. You're okay. If, if there are queries, you have to respond to them. If your phone calls, you have to follow up. You may have to jump on a plane and fly out to the client, right? To really service the account. Um, if that's what it took, then that's what we did. Um, but we really showed them that with the quality of our temp labor <clears throat> and, um, the certain level of service delivery we provided internally with our client relationship managers, our recruiters and our biz dev teams, that we could service them from wherever we were. And a lot of them began to embrace the model. Right. Yeah. So my next question will have to do with how did, how has COVID impacted business for the Panther Group? So we we took an immediate hit with COVID, really. Uh, and, the, and that was a function of many clients did not provide nor allow temporary labor to work remotely, right? So, so they didn't have the infrastructure laid, um, the technology, um, and, and it was more of a micromanagement situation with the temp labor. Um, that was in the probably the first two to three months right after COVID hit, so March, April, in, into May. We were talking to our clients, listen, you still have, have operations to run, you still have <clears throat> um, um, processes complete, things to get done. Um, we feel this model works. Our our staff have been doing it internally. We've been working with you that way for a number of years now. They then began to embrace it, right? They they, they did need the work to get done. Ramon, it, it, to hire staff was incredibly difficult, and many states had the different, you know, COVID nineteen pandemic related guidelines on number of you know. Uh, um, what, what, what do I want to say? You are editing this, right? Um, the, um, <clears throat> the CDC guidelines on um, essential workers. Right. We weren't considered essential workers. Certain industries, uh, so, so we have a secret security clearance where we do a lot of work with the Department of Defense. Those 
individuals were considered essential workers. But um, a number of individuals, accounting, finance, that is smaller engineering firms up in New Hampshire, for example, aren't considered, um, if they're not working on a government contract, are not consider, considered essential workers. Um, therefore, they could not report to work in, in many instances. And it varied from state to state. So we had to stay on top of the state laws as well as CDC guidelines on where people can report to work. Employers began to realize, our clients began to realize, look, we still need to get this done. We have to figure out how we can get the work done, not at the work site. So they actually, we, we uh, provided them a lot of information on how to build their infrastructure out with, with IT um, to allow our uh, temporary workers or other clients, temporary workers to work remotely. So their business continued and then they began embracing it. But oddly enough, what, what, what has gone unreported was, there was a laptop shortage for several months wow. because so many companies were trying to purchase laptops to go remote. Mm -hmm. And then the technology, and, and if you follow the market, markets, you know, technology stocks have been booming because people were, what, what, what do you say? Uh, necessity is the, the mother of invention. Right. <laughs> really, right. Really pushed technology firms to come up with some really creative yeah. and innovative technology solutions. Right. Um, so our clients began to embrace it. So, June, July, August, we saw the turn. We're probably down 10% 2019 versus 2020 um, because we caught up in the fourth quarter of 2020. 2021, we're, we're back on our growth trajectory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, 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 we see where the marketplace, generally speaking, industry has adjusted uh, to the restrictions of COVID mm -hmm. as well as the economy loosening up, loosening up and where we're performing well now. Well, good, good. Now, is there anything that, was born during this tough time that's, you know, as far as like a, a new uh, approach to how you conduct your business that you feel is going to, is going to stay even beyond, you know, post COVID. That really sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, well, <clears throat> we were, we had the ability to work from anywhere um, prior to COVID, but now we'll, we're, we're back in the office one day per week. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll have a hybrid model. Um, in terms of reporting to the office from here forward. Yeah. We're in the office one day a week because we do have a need to collaborate, just certain tools and trainings, especially with new staff, um, that it's difficult to do remotely. We right. do have a component of that remotely, but we, we need it live. So we're in the office one day a week and work from anywhere four days a week. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be home. It can be Florida, right? It can be wh wh wherever you, you want to be, but as long as you're plugged in and getting it done, we it, 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 it doesn't matter to us. Yeah. Um, the office is open for staff to work, you know, the other four days in the office if they need to, if they don't have the um, <clears throat> uh, arrangements at home, proper arrangements. But we've outfitted all our staff with dual monitors, uh, desks, they have the accommodations, desk chairs, everything they need to be comfortable at home or wherever they are working from to work comfortably and be productive. So our model has changed where we're not requiring five days a week in the office anymore. Okay, that's great. Now, what, do you, what about your clients? Are they aligned with that? Are you seeing any, any different shifts with some of your clients and their business models? Yes. So certain ones, again, require a lot of manufacturers um, in the engineering space uh, require, you know, machinists and individuals on shop floors. Um, but many are have embraced a, a hybrid model as well, Ramon, where they're allowing their staff to work remotely and by extension, a lot allowing all of our temp labor uh, to work remotely as well. So, no, it hasn't been an issue. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I, I want to get to a few other things here. Um, I follow you on LinkedIn, 
you know, uh, you've been putting out a lot of content and I, I'm a big believer in CEO as brand, you know, for your, for Panther, what's, what's been your content strategy? So really, you know, I just try to be very active, right? I believe that attraction creates business opportunities um, as other CC Panther um, and gain an understanding of who we are, how we operate and what is important to us. Um, the goal is, is this messaging appeals to prospective clients and contractors um, and business opportunity relationships develop. So we just, I just try to remain as active as we can so people become familiar with us, our brand, who we are, what we do, what we believe in. Um, and relationships have developed, you know, so inbound marketing was important to us. Um, we, one staff member um, mentioned that uh, we're the best kept secret in staffing. <laughs> what, 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 you know, backhanded compliment. Great, <laughs> great to hear. You don't hear. want that. You don't want no, that. Heck no. As a business, who wants to be a secret? <laughs> right, right. So it's like, we need to get this brand out there. <laughs> so we have a saying, um, uh, one of my corny sayings in the office all the time. I, I, we always say Coke Kleenex Panther, right? Coke is a brand, but it's referred to as soda. Kleenex is a tissue, but people refer to the brand. The brand is synonymous with the product. We want Panther to be synonymous with temp labor, temp staffing, perm staffing. When you think of staff or human capital, you think of Panther. So our goal, our vision is really to be the, to have Panther synonymous with staffing. Right, be top of mind, be on the radar. That's it, that's it. Absolutely. Um, Tell us about Panther Cares because that that really stood out to me, and you know, and 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 I definitely see how uh, it it connects back to what you were doing before Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about what it is and and what impact has it made in the community, and what impact has it made for your business. So so Panther Cares really is our opportunity to give back in many ways. Um, Panthers volunteer time and resources to a myriad of community-based organizations and causes. Um, our staff, for example, nominate a charity of the year that all Panthers we vote on and, and the company donates um, either time and or resources. Um, usually we give them financial resources um, to the cause. Um, last year was a tough year for many charities. So we had seven nominations um, and I'm very happy that we were able to actually select all seven charities and donate to all of them. It was a tough year, right, for donations and that sort of thing. So we give back. We feel it's important to give back. It's important to give back to the communities that you work in, that you live in, that um, we're also helping bridge the gap, right? So for young individuals who maybe can't see how they can get to where you or I are, Ramon, that they can see that we're touchable and feelable and there are routes and paths to get there. So it's just very, very rewarding. Um, We really don't look for any type of accolades or anything coming back to us, just the, the humbling feeling, mm-hmm. um, great feelings we get by contributing back to communities and community-based organizations. Yeah, and I mean, there are stats out there. I mean, I think 80% of millennials in the workforce, they want to work someplace that's making an impact in the community. That's Indeed. That, that's super important to them. And I, I'm sure that your, your employees feel good about being involved with Panther Cares and that, that that's a big part of your culture. Yes. And they bring a lot of ideas to us, Ramon, quite frankly, yeah. on different organizations that, that are seeking donations or seeking, you know, resources or volunteer help um, that we, we participate in. Yeah. All right. So here, what makes Sion happen? What makes, uh, besides a fat bank account, no, I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. um, 
<laughs> and my wife and sons, right? My wife and right. sons, right, right, right. Um, to me, what the, one key to life is having a positive effect on another's life, right? Yes. So, so um, no matter how small, um, tr- truly, uh, when I'm when I'm able to do that, uh, maybe by helping a candidate land a job. Um, that they may not have been able to do otherwise or donating time through Panther Cares, um, it truly makes me happy. I think giving back um, is very, very rewarding for me. Yeah, awesome. And that's a great answer. I think I think we're all, um, you know, I know for me personally that I've, I've had, I feel like I've had so many um, good breaks in my life um, that, that uh, you know, I think someone once said service was the, the rent we pay to, to yes. here, you know, so we want to leave the world better, better than we found it. And, and, and I think you're certainly doing that. Um, if you had a crystal ball for Panther group, what would it look like? What's the future? Are you thinking succession or, or are you thinking that you're, you're, you're still on a trajectory to continue growing the company? I, I, I do think we're on a trajectory to continue to grow the company, but um, you know, we have been actually, it's a great question, uh, succession planning now um yeah I, I don't think you can do that too early in the process right you don't have to implement it right or initiate it but you do want to have a clear uh, succession plan so we've been working on that you know ideally for me personally um you know we we blow panther up even more than we than we are and and we have some capable suitors to come in and acquire it or you know uh family members um, or close friends, again, similar to continuing Kelvin's legacy, being able to continue our legacies on, um, that would be ideal. Um, uh, but I see, you know, if I had a crystal ball, you know, I, I see all our efforts, yours and mine and others, um, again, affecting a life in a positive way. I, I think that, that, that Panther, look, Ramon, we have individuals who, you know, probably 65% of our workforce. We, we, we employ on average a thousand contractors per week um, in jobs. Um, about 65% of those are people of color, right? Um, black of all different ethnicities, um, our Latinx community, um, our Asian community and uh, Indian communities. Um, and, and, and a lot of our folks, you know, have a difficult time landing positions, don't know where to turn or, or, or where to start. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the waste racial wealth gap and sure, this is a small contribution in reducing that, but it is it's providing jobs and decent paying jobs to individuals who might not otherwise have those opportunities. Right. Um, we've had a number of individuals with us for a number of years, got them back in school and their, their trajectory is, is, is great and the future is bright and that is really rewarding. So if I had a crystal ball, it would be to do a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Right to really help folks um, to keep our clients happy. Absolutely, positively, that's a, that's a part of it. Um, but really, uh, affecting that those lives in a in a positive way, yeah. however small it may be. Yeah, you're changing lives, you know, and and impacting generations, you know, with, with mm-hmm. these opportunities. Um, I did promise our listeners I would I would define those acronyms. So GNMSDC is the Greater New England Minority Supplier Development Council. Um, MBEIC is Minority Business and Enterprise Input Committee, and I'm honored to be co-chairing that with you. And, and I look forward to, uh, to working with you to help other MBEs, other minority businesses throughout New England and, and, and working with Carlton, you know, Carlton, Carlton O'Neill and, and uh, at Lightspeed and working with him on a national level. Um, I, think, I think we have a unique opportunity having him be 
being local to us uh, in New England. Yes. And serving, yes, serving in that capacity. So that it, it would be it would be our loss if we did not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, utilize that, capitalize that and work with him on that and Peter uh, at the helm of Jim and SDC. So I'm really excited about that, working with you on that. And um, just want to thank you for joining us today. And, and before we close, because uh, I know you're a busy guy, but can you give our listeners a sense of what, what an ideal uh, client sounds like, looks like, and, and how, how, we may be, how our listeners may be able to reach you or contact you to help steer some additional business um, or, or, or folks that need, that need jobs. Maybe they, mm-hmm. they can connect with you and connect with uh, and be part of that talent pool. Okay. Uh, first, I'd like to say, Ramon, it is an honor to serve with you as a co-chair of the MBEIC as well. Um, I think you you bring a certain dynamism that 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 is really needed, um, a level of professionalism, a level of competence. Um, you're sharp. You're approachable. Um, you know business. Um, it, 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 it's what we needed. So thank you for, thank you. for joining going, me in those efforts. <laughs> thank you for joining me in those efforts. And, 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 and um, uh, I'll, I'll tell you who you address that check to uh, and, where you, and where you send, <laughs> where you mail that baby. But sincerely, sincerely, um, um, it, 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 a true honor to have you. Um, I, you. I think we'll do some great things with the GNE and it is uh, terrific to have Carlton as our national chair, mm-hmm. um, being a local presence um, here in Connecticut. Um, and thanks for having me and the opportunity to share what Panther is all about. I guess in summary, we provide permanent and temporary staffing and workforce solutions. Um, to industry, academia, and governmental agencies. Um, we're on the web. Just Google thepanthergroup.com or the Panther Group or put in Panther, you'll find us. Um, there we have uh, client-facing um, information. We have candidate-facing information. You can send us queries through that. All of our staff um, have email contact information on our sites. Please go on there. If you, if you find a job or something you're interested in, um, apply to it or just send us your resume. Um, if you're a client and, and looking for us to assist you with some talent shortages or staff augmentation projects you're working on, please reach out. Um, we'll respond usually within the same business day and in no case in more than 24 hours to all our website uh, queries. Um, you, can, you can call our office 781-373-6020 anytime. Um, we're, we're there live uh, uh, receptionist answering phones and, and, and we'll triage you to the right person. Um, at the Panther group, I, we're experts in human capital. You know, we, we want to earn your business and trust as a client and to provide employment opportunities for all. And I just like to say, thank you, Ramon and team for having me. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Sian. It's been a lot of fun and, and I love to have you back and I look forward to working with you. So thank you. Indeed. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Mission Control. Until next time, this is Ramon Peralta from Peralta Design and We Launch Brands. Thank you for taking this journey with us. To learn more about Peralta Design and our work, go to www.peraltadesign.com and subscribe to keep up with the crew. 